are listening to High Times with a Christian. It is me, a Christian. Today is March the 2nd. It is 8.35 p.m. And I'm here with a very special guest. Who are you? <laughs> Your mom. Okay, yes. This is my beautiful mom, Shantae. Um, so I wanted to start season three a little differently only because I've been trying to get into like what I really want to do and I still don't know and I know that's been like a big problem with these podcasts but I think what I want to do more is like a like a talk show kind of like a Jada Pinkett Smith red table talk but not just like bang the table and talk slow like I want actual I don't know but so mom she's a little nervous uh obviously we did not smoke before this she does not smoke but um Tell me a little bit about you and me and, you know, just talk. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even know what, where to begin. Okay, I'll start. So, hmm, let's talk about you being a single mom and how that affected you. Now, for those of you that don't know, my mom did raise me with my grandpa and my aunt and my grandparents, excuse me, and I personally, I think I look up to you the most because I think that you being a single mom and not being like a single single on your own mom because some parents have it really bad where they don't have any support but I think you being a single mom and working two jobs and still going to school while still trying to raise me at such a young age that really put into perspective a work ethic I think with me and it really resonated with me about how you may not always luck up and you may not always like things might not always turn out the way you want them to turn out but if you make them bearable and if you make them more what am I trying to say if you make them easier you deal with the hand that you're dealt yeah you don't dwell on what you don't have you just work with what you do have and take it day by day can you explain that I always tried to make sure just because you had one parent that you weren't going to miss out on anything so I did everything that I could to make sure that you had everything and I didn't care what sacrifices I had to do I just did it. It didn't matter if I didn't have a life, like some people would say, or whatever, because you were my life. Everything I did was for you. Everything I did was because of you. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter that I wasn't maybe dating or doing other things that other single moms kept telling me, well, you need to do this. You need to date. You do that. My whole focus was you. My whole focus was school. My whole focus was getting to where we need to get and doing whatever I need to do to get us there. I feel that. And I think that's a big part of I don't want to say my generation because my generation is still new to having kids. I know some people have kids in, that I used to go to high school with, but I think that's what new parents, not talking about mm, as young as me per se, but mm, 20s, 30s, new parents, I think today, they don't really understand, not all parents, because you never know somebody's situation, but I think as a whole we love to put our kids on tablets and we love to put our kids on things that really we don't uh, necessarily interact with them as much as maybe you did with me mm -hmm. and older generations did with their kids. I think as time goes on, generations, they, they think of parenting more as like a social status, more as like a game. I think especially with my generation, I see girls, I'm not saying you can't have a kid, but I'm just saying, I see girls go out and have kids and because, oh, I want our kids to have playdates, so I'm going to have a kid around your kid. Like, it's just, it's not stupid to me, but it's very, why would you try to confine yourself into having a kid when, A, 
I'm not, I'm sorry. You may be the most prepared person, but mentally, I don't think at age, my age, you're really able to take care of, because with me, like, I have a cat, a fur baby, yeah, Aurora, but I don't really, I'm still selfish. Like, I still want to do the things I want to do. I couldn't fathom having a baby at this age. I, and I think in today's time, there's so much to do. I'm not putting down anybody who has a child, but there's so much to do that you need to live out your life and live out your 20s. But I think what a lot of a lot of people that I notice that they do doesn't matter their age. Nowadays, it's the child is like an accessory. Mm -hmm. It's like a little fashion accessory. Or parenting is hard. They're super cute when they're a baby, but then when they get to the point where they're like two or three and their personalities are starting to set in and they're starting to talk back and be defiant, then it's like, oh, you know, I'd rather just give them a tablet or give them something so they can do whatever they want mm -hmm. so they won't be mad at me or get them out of my hair. That's not how it works. Parenting is hard. You have to raise people. You have to give them guidance. You have to. You can't just let them do whatever they want because you don't want them mad at me. You were mad at me a lot. Did I? Did I care? <laughs> no, I didn't care. No, yeah, I understand that. So I think what it is is it's a hard job, and nobody wants to put the effort into parenting anymore. You have to work hard at any kind of relationship, whether it be a friendship, a, friendship, a, a marriage, a relationship, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And kids are like that. And I also believe that I think that you should need to have to you should have to go to some kind of parenting classes or something because. You have to have a license to do just about everything in the world, mm -hmm. but then any idiot can have a baby. Let's take Casey Anthony, for example. Exactly. And people, you know, they that's what burns me up. They don't take care of their kids. They abuse their kids. They do everything. And then there's so many good people who want to adopt kids or but want to have kids that can't or mm -hmm. because they're a same-sex couple. People don't want to adopt children to them or, yeah. or whatever. And there's so many kids in the foster care system or just that need help in general. The, the kids don't have anybody to look up to. Let's talk about mentors. You're right. I'm sorry. sorry. No, you're, you're okay. Let's talk about the foster system for a second, because I think in America, that's a very jaded system. I've never seen a system where you've had kids grow up literally from the time that they're born left on left in that, in the foster care. to the time they're 18, 20 and they're still not adopted. And then the sad thing is when they turn 18, they, they turn them out. Yeah, they just... They, they just... Here, here you go. There's no instructions. There's no nothing. There's no aftercare. And, and I the think... The sad thing is, so many people want little kids, and mm -hmm. nobody wants the older ones. Mm -hmm. And that's what's sad. And then, by the time... Then they... If they grow up and become, you know... They're not law-abiding citizens, and people are like, well, you know, there was this, that, and the other. They've had a hard life. Mm -hmm. And they, there needs to be some kind of revamping of this whole, I don't know, system with everything. There's, there needs to be a lot of revamping of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think that's the main reason why we have so many young people being homeless, especially mm -hmm. because they're they're mostly foster kids and they're mostly kids that maybe have had a rough life and maybe they don't know how to stand up on their own two feet, which is sad because you have kids that maybe really want to be something and maybe really have these attainable dreams that they can actually achieve, but they just don't have the resources or the the what am i trying to say like they've never been given the life skills they've never been given the guidance and yeah. they've never been given the opportunity that's like if i wasn't the mom that i was for you mm -hmm. and you even me just being in the house with you if i didn't prepare you to be an adult you wouldn't know how to have your own bank account how to pay your bills how to be responsible how to keep hold a job they weren't taught those life skills and it's no fault of their own mm -hmm. they would just pass through the system for whatever circumstance or somebody wanted to check or whatever and i think a lot of that plays into especially some of not the friends i have now but some of my like other friends that i used to have the way their parents would just be friends to them i think mm -hmm. that's the disconnect between me and you and that sounded really like harsh but no i'm just saying like 
yeah, we're best, we're, we're friends now. We're not best friends, but you know what I mean? We're friends now, but I feel like I've earned that right to be your friend. I don't feel like, like how some people say, oh, my mom's my best friend, and they're like, in high school, and I'm like, yeah, that's okay, but you should never be scared, oops, sorry, that was me. <laughs> you should never be scared of your parents, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you should have enough decency and respect to know what's right and what's wrong when conversing and when talking or just interacting with a person that you respect or your 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 parental figure that's what i'm getting at i don't care if like your mom's the coolest mom or like she's super chill or she lets you do everything you want at the end of the day i think that's gonna set you up for failure more than a strict parent i feel like at least with strict parents and i'm not i'm not because my mom was never a strict parent my mom was more of like a she kind of let me do my own thing. Strict. Yeah, but you kind of just let me do my own thing unless it was like something super like sketch where you were just like, no. You know what it I mean? It wasn't that I wasn't strict with you. You weren't the type of child that I had to really be strict with you. You know what I mean? You kind of knew what I expected out of you. You kind of did it. And you had enough respect that you knew that like if you did something crazy that I was going to come at you crazy. Yeah. So it was more like a respect thing. Like you, I didn't really have to tell you a lot of things. I didn't have to really do whatever. You kind of just did it. You no. You didn't do it bad, but I'm just saying... No, but I kind of just did what was expected of me. Right. You did what was expected of you because, like, how some kids say, well, I'm just going to, you know, give my mom a hard time because I'm supposed to do that at this age. You never did that. Mm -mm. It was it was just situational. Yeah, we've had our share of fights and mm -hmm. stuff, but it was different situations. I never had to really raise you, but I raised you but didn't raise you, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I never had to give you, like, a lot of rules and guidelines and different things. Mm -hmm. I, I do agree. And I don't know. I think... I want to first thank you for just being the kind of parent and the kind of influential person that has made a positive impact on me thus far because there's so many parents that I have come in contact with with other friends where it's just like yeah they're their parent but they're not really their parent and I just feel like they're just grown up teenagers they're just still the parents themselves is what I'm saying mm -hmm. I don't know and I think that's where most people kind of have that mentality of like well how are you gonna do well how are you gonna get out of your bubble your general like what you know what's comfortable to you if you don't have that first and i don't care if it's your biological if it's your foster parent but you need to have that first parental foundation to help you build your skills build your communication build your people skills really groom you for the world before you actually set foot in it if that's if that makes sense yeah because my job was to make you a chameleon and i think that's what i've done you're able to adapt to any situation whether you're around younger people older people all races whatever yeah you can adapt to anybody you you can fit in in any situation that you need to be in and that was my job i wanted to expose you to a lot of things i think a lot of times minority people they don't expose their their kids to a lot of things because they think that's activities that other cultures do that's white people right no i, let's, I didn't let's, want to say that but, but let's be frank let's be frank right. i've heard a ton of times right. and this is what the show is for i don't think mom really gets it but i talk about well i start i want to start talking about like real issues there's been countless times where i've done things me personally where the black kids have been oh that's too white mm -hmm. oh you're white oh you speak eloquently oh you're white no i but i'm just saying like it's just like but That's I've where, that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. But I've gotten that all my life too. Because yeah. Because of where we grew up. You know, mm -hmm. where we grew up, because we 
we were there wasn't a lot of minorities where we grew up and we didn't dress like black girls so they said we didn't talk like black girls and i got so but you see that's that's right that's them showing the racism in and right. in, in of itself because how is a black girl supposed to act how are they supposed to dress how are they supposed to look versus a white person mm-hmm. that's what i always didn't get and that's what i find so so ignorant about my fellow black people is that we keep saying oh that's white people stuff blah 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 so that's white people activities yeah if you like it if you like it you like it and my thing is if you want to break down the racial stereotypes you need to start including yourself in things that aren't synonymous with the racial status quo or what they think exactly and that that's what i get so mad about and when people ask me like oh you you're too black for the white kids you're too white for the black kids that's a Mm -hmm. that's a earl sweatshirt lyric but i'm just saying like that's how i've always felt i've never felt like I fit into one thing, and maybe this is shifting from parental to just me in general and us, but that's what the show does. Anyway, I don't know. It's just been micro, what is that called? Like microaggression, like racism? Yeah. Oh, your hair. Oh, the way you dress. Oh, Mm -hmm. you speak. The way you speak. Oh, the way you carry yourself. Oh, you don't like rap music? Why don't you like rap music? Mm -hmm. You don't like Drake? Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's stuff like that, and that's what pisses me off because... Us, as African Americans, we try to break down the stereotypes of, oh, we need to we need to be better diversified, better inclusion, better blah, blah, blah. But I feel like we want to stay in our own bubble. That's true, too. But there's a lot of times, because, because I'm older than you. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'm just saying, like, stay in your bubble within sports. What do, you, what do we mainly play? We play basketball and we play football. There's not a lot of, I mean, I don't, I don't know sports, but I'm just saying, I haven't seen a lot of, like gymnast or like you know what i mean it's yeah it's stuff like that like Mm -hmm. but i don't and then like when you ask black people why don't you oh that's white people stuff like why is that a thing but the other thing that i've gotten on the flip side because white people won't do i'm sorry to cut you off i'm this is my last thought i'm just saying because white people won't think twice about what's a black person thing whether whether it be oh they can appropriate our music they can appropriate our hair color they can our, our hair color they can appropriate our hairstyles they can appropriate i just saw kylie jenner and her little Nike thing with Travis Scott, she was damn near black. I'm sorry, excuse my mouth, but I'm just saying. She was black with a with a braid, which I'm saying, I don't think braids are synonymous with being black, but I'm just saying. But her skin was real dark. Yeah, I showed you the pictures. Like, it's yeah. just like, so they're not thinking twice, and this is not racially fueled. I'm just saying, I'm putting facts black and white. I'm just saying, if they don't care about what they appropriate, why do we care about what what is white people stuff? But then you have the flip side too that I've gotten too that from white people that they'll look at me and because of the way I carry myself and the way I dress, oh, I'm good enough to talk to them or I'm good enough to, you know, I get that all the time when I go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. They'll look at me and, oh, you know this and they'll start talking to me and, oh, I didn't, you like country or you like Dave Matthews or you like, it's like such a shock, mm-hmm. the, you know, that I'm well versed. Because you're not like, playing into their expectations. Exactly. And, and it comes from all sides. And I, I think... If we all had honest conversations like this about race, about religion, about sexism, sex, sexual orientation, everything, the world would be better. Everybody's so hung up on trying to be PC. I'm scared to offend you. As long as you don't call me the N-word, we're fine. Mm-hmm. But if you want to ask me something and you need to ask me something, it's the way you come at me exactly. and ask me and approach me. But and I think what it you all said, the time with you, especially with you being biracial. With me being biracial, with me being... I think the world today is so PC to where everybody gets so easily offended about every little thing that the bigger things that people should get offended about, they don't. Mm -hmm. It's just like, 
Ugh, I had an example on the tip of my tongue and I just lost it. But I'm just saying, like, you go on Twitter, oh, you shouldn't clip, well, you shouldn't clip your dog's ears, but I'm just saying, people can do what they want. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your dog. So, like, you shouldn't clip your dog's ears because blah, blah, blah. But, like, why is it, why are you even getting, like, I don't know. It's just, like, people have an opinion where their opinion shouldn't even, like, be a thing. And if we're going to live in a country where everything's supposed to be freedom of speech or whatever, you have to respect people. There's a lot of times that... But some people use that to be to be ugly and say, oh, yeah, I can well. say anything, and then that's freedom of speech. Well, that's true, too. Because what I was going to say was, mm-hmm. I might not like what you have to say, but I have to respect that you have the right to say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying... I'm, I don't think that people should be running around using racial epithets at people and doing all kinds of things and running people over the cars and burning people and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. Even though we don't like what they do, I guess it, if we're going to be this free country like we're supposed to, they have the right to say it, even though it's warped and mm-hmm. twisted and it shouldn't be said or done to people. It's just the whole gamut. It's just like, I don't know. It's mind boggling and it's it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that from what we've been talking about with parentals and, and mm-hmm. racism, I just think that a lot of it has to change because if it doesn't we can't ever progress but i don't i'm one of those people that you can say racism is never going to go away and you can say you don't see color but i think it's always going to be something because racism is just one basic emotion and that's hatred that's hatred of another person and and we all as humans have that have that drive and have that that emotion to hate so people cannot say that they're not racist or they're not prejudiced because Everybody are. is. Everybody is. Yeah. Because you're prejudiced against like a certain clothes that you might like, a certain exactly. hairstyle, a certain color of a car, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you are because everybody within your me and I, you I, are I prejudiced. With, like right. everybody is prejudiced. Well, I was with a friend today who is of a different race, and we were talking about that because she was saying that she has another friend that she's a white lady, my friend, mm-hmm. and her friend is white, and her friend told her, "I'm not racist. I'm not prejudiced. You know, I don't see. I see everybody of color. You don't. Everybody's prejudiced within your own race, within whatever. It's what you, how you choose to do that. Now, if you're going to the extremes and you're hurting somebody, that's different. But we all have stereotypes in our heads, whether it's yep. right or wrong. But society has made it that way. But no one can sit here and say 100%. I'm 100% not prejudiced. Whatever. I don't see color. I yeah. don't see color. You know what I mean? That's what, but that's then what kills you me. You don't have any friends of color you don't want to understand even if you don't have friends of color or or you don't want to understand other people's cultures you don't Mm -hmm. want to you're scared of their ideas and their culture i think it's awesome that if you have a friend that's israeli or or turkish or whatever and you learn about their culture and their food and different things like that you we're more alike than we are different and people need to understand that yeah and they say that america is this big melting pot but really is it it's really not Mm -mm. i mean people go over you see it all the time people go over to america and they're forced to learn English, which, okay, yeah, because it's the most spoken language, but I'm saying if America is really this melting pot, why are people getting uncomfortable if you're speaking another language in a public space? That's exactly. the things I don't, I don't, I don't understand when people are like, oh, America is so diverse, blah, 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 but it's really not. I mean, people come over here for, for business opportunities and for a better life, but America really is... We're all scared of each other. You see that when you go to the doctor's office. You see it at college campuses or everywhere. That's what I was... I'm sorry to scream, but that's exactly why I was just telling uh, Tanisha. I don't think you guys know Tanisha. She's my aunt. But I was just telling her, we were walking on campus, Mm -hmm. and we were just saying... Because I don't say where I go, but I'm just saying. We were walking on campus, and we were saying... My campus is at MSI, which is a minority-serving institute, but... All the time, you see all the different cliques. It's like a high school cafeteria. It's like 
all the black people are with the black people, all the white people are with the white people, all the minorities, like the Asians are with the Asians, the Mexicans are with the... It's like, you rarely ever see a diverse group of people unless, unless maybe they're art people or, you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's like a different but it's caliber. Like when you go to the doctor's office, I noticed that last week when I went to the doctor, the, the waiting room was crowded. And there was one seat open next to me, and there was a, a white lady that came in, and she looked like she was scared to death to have to sit next to me. Mm-hmm. And then when she sat next to me, she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like, because her purse was touching me. wasn't a big deal. It was a crowded waiting room. Then after a while, she felt at ease, and then she started, you know, little talking to me, little, you know, just little yeah. basic conversation. But then the minute that a, a seat opened up next to the white lady, she got up, pretending like she was getting a magazine, and went and sat over there. I bet. Which, it didn't bother me, but in my head, it made me chuckle because I was like, you know, she was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then once, the, you know, that opened up, that's just... I don't know. It's just it's crazy to me because when I go somewhere, I don't pick to choose to sit next to somebody who's my own race. I just sit down. I'm tired. I want to sit down. Exactly. And I never thought, I've never even, like how people are saying like, oh, my father was racist, blah, blah, blah. And then they pass those, I'm not saying everybody does, but some people pass those ideals off to their kids. How can you even do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would, when I have kids and they bring somebody home, as long as that person is not sketch, like, what's the problem? You know what I, I mean? I have never, ever told you when you've been picking friends, oh, I don't want this this white person in my house or this Hispanic person in yeah, my house or whatever. that's just I never weird. That. You always had friends. I didn't care what color your friends were. It's just Susie, Joe, Bob, Jim, whoever came to the house, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they did something to you shady, then I'm like, oh, you don't need to be friends with them. Yeah. But it was never, you can't have this friend because you're black, white, or whatever. It, it just, it racism is one of the things that just burns me up. And I guess because we're black, well, you're black and Hispanic, but because... We're black, mm-hmm. having to deal with that our whole life. And when you were little, the little girl that bit you at the daycare center because her dad told her that black people taste like chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! But even when I was, let's go back to that. Even when I was first born, everybody at your work mm-hmm. because you were black, and I was a biracial baby. And for those of you that don't know, biracial babies when they first come out, they're light bright, they're super bright, right? And I had curly hair. You had like curly, you had straight hair when you were born, but you looked more Hispanic than you did black. So then everybody at my mom's work was like talking about me. And I was fresh out the womb, guys. Like talking about you and talking about me. And and how you had a white man. But even if you did, who cares? Right. Why is that their business? Because of the way I talk that, you know, that she only liked white men and that's all she ever dated. And I'm sorry, I had just moved here. These people didn't know anything about me. And that's the thing. Didn't know anything about you. But to say these things about a, a newborn baby, you're sick. Yeah. And I think that's that's more telling of society and and people's true colors about how they feel with the racism than then saying, oh, I'm not racist, blah, blah, blah. But when it all comes down to it and when it's all said and done, more people are more are racist than what you think. But mostly when you were little and you being looking more Hispanic... It was mostly, and we're keeping it real on this show. Yeah. It was mostly the black people who we had the most problems exactly. with. Exactly. That would follow us around, like the lady that wanted to know what you were and wouldn't leave us alone. And so she wanted to know what race you were. And I told her, you're a little boy. That she better get the age you, away you, from, The hell? The hell away from us or whatever. <laughs> but it was mostly, white people would say, oh, he's cute or whatever, going about their business. It was mostly black people. Mm-hmm. And always staring. And like, you get that at work. Like, when you told me, no, but it's, what are you? Exactly. Like this. But it. Let's be real, and we can talk about racism, but what do you call that when it's like, it's not racism, but it's within your own race? It is racism, but I forget the word, but it's racism. It's racism within your own race. And you, there's been countless times where I've tried to talk to, like, 
anybody, let's just say, but it's because, oh, I don't wear the Jordans, oh, I don't carry myself a certain way, or they don't want to associate with me, you know what I mean? Or even when they don't want to associate me, maybe because I'm bisexual, blah, blah, blah. Which is, I really don't care, but, sorry, I have the hiccups. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, stuff like that is really what makes me mad. We, we're coming up in our five-minute mark because we're at 25 minutes. Um, so, was there anything else you really wanted to say before we no, start closing? we have to apologize because we got off topic. We were supposed to talk about our relationship and then we started talking about racism. It's fine. I mean, that's literally all these podcasts. Like, I, hey, we're going to talk about this and then it just turns. It's, it's a literal conversation. Oh, okay. Well, then that was a good conversation. I'm glad you had me as a guest. Yes. Whatever. Is there anything else you want to say to all the people... No, just thank the people for listening. And oh, yeah, thank you for sorry listening. Sorry that I sound kind of... Shut up. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I hate having to do stuff like this. No, you did fine. If I was on camera, it would be even worse. Oh, yeah. No. But I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to be updating you more and more with uh, the projects I'm going to be doing for this upcoming year. I have a ton of new projects I really want to get done, especially toward when it gets uh, warmer. But... Thank you for all of you that are listening. I want to thank my mom for making me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, I guess that's it. I really... Okay, see y'all. <laughs>